What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week and another episode of Unscripted, where we bring you professionals from all walks of life. We touch on their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition. As always, I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Before we get into this week's episode of the show, do us a huge favor. Head to Apple Podcasts or Apple iTunes or Chartable.com or Spotify and leave a rating and review of the show. This small act goes a long way in moving the podcast forward, and we appreciate it. This week on the show, my guest is artist and lawyer, Jennifer Volsey. Jennifer was born originally in Brooklyn, New York, but raised in Toronto, where her parents and her sisters still reside, while she lives in California at the moment. In this episode, we talk about her upbringing, some of the lessons that she learned growing up, how she got involved in soccer. We talk about her transition to Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, how she balances becoming a criminal justice major, but also being a student athlete. Look, we know student athletes have a little different schedule. Um, We talk about some of the ups and downs during those times. We talk about her next steps post-collegiately. We talk about what it was like to pass the California State Bar. We also touch on when she started to take her art seriously and how it became an outlet for her when it may at the time probably on paper seem like uh, her, her plate was already full. Jennifer is gifted, right? You definitely want to check out her art pieces. She does some great art and probably some of your favorite athletes she's painted and some of your favorite um, artists, musicians, she's probably painted as well. We also talk about what it was like to get recognition from some of the people that she painted, such as NBA superstar Giannis and Teta Kapunko, Steph Curry, and many others. And we even speak some things into existence as the episode goes on about her hosting her first showcasing at some point in the near future. But before the episode ended, I asked Jennifer to break down something that she said in one of her Instagram posts, because I believe that it spoke a lot of value. Um, In the post, she said, and I quote, I would consider myself more of a portrait artist than an abstract artist, but I also hate placing limitations on myself. Well, I asked her to break that down for us, and I believe her response is going to be truly encouraging for someone um, that needs to hear a specific message on not putting limitations on yourself, or maybe you feel stuck. This is an episode that I think that you will truly enjoy. So without further ado, I will stop talking so you can hit play and continue going with the conversation. Enjoy the episode this week, Jennifer Valsi. Hey, Jennifer, you can hear me? Hey, yes, I can hear you. Perfect, perfect. How are you doing? How's everything over there? You're in California right now, yeah? Yes, I am. Everything's good over here. How are you? I'm not too bad. I can't complain. I can't complain. Look, I know you have a lot going on. So thank you so much for your time. I already see the artwork in the back and we're going to definitely get into that. But uh, I want to start here. I'm I'm, I'm very big on gratitude. Um, I think it's hard to find something negative when you're in a positive state of mind, especially when you're thankful for the things that you have. So I want to ask you, Jennifer, what, what, what are three things you're grateful for today? Three things I'm grateful for. Um, I am grateful for my family and friends. I have a very good circle of people around me. 
I am grateful for my health during these times. And honestly, I'm grateful to be able to do what I enjoy doing. Mm, mm. You can say that. We can we can talk about that last one all by itself. <laughs> so originally from Brooklyn, right? How long did you spend in Brooklyn before you uh, moved to Toronto? Um, I was only in Brooklyn a couple of years, like until I was two and a half or three. So the okay, very so life. very brief. Okay, so when you got to Toronto, um, what was that dynamics like during that time? Because I think you have two other siblings, correct? Yeah, I have two older sisters. So it was all three of you guys when you guys moved yeah. there. What was yeah. that like? Because you played soccer as well too. How 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 did that how did that happen? Um, how did the move happen? Or yes, yes, the move. Tell me a little bit about the move, and then tell me how you got into soccer. So I actually don't remember the move because I was very young, but I just know that you know we lived in Brooklyn. I mean, I'm born in the 90s, but my parents have been there since the 80s. So oh, okay. At that time, it just was way rougher than Brooklyn today. And so obviously they just kind of wanted to give us a chance to grow up somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. And my dad had a friend who was in Toronto and had recently moved there. So he kind of just told him, you know, like I just moved to this city called Toronto. I think it's a pretty decent place. You should check it out. And so my parents did, and then they moved us to Toronto. And then as far as soccer, I always liked soccer. That was just my favorite sport, something I gravitated towards. But I actually didn't play any organized sports when I was really young. Mm -hmm. But I mean, my parents always knew that I liked it. I think they just didn't have the time to try to find me a team or anything. So it wasn't until I was in grade eight in Toronto that I saw like a try out for a random team so I just went with my cousin and I tried out and then I made it and then I went home and asked my parents for the money so <laughs> that worked. so during that time when you asked them for the money like what did they say right because you know I know I, I know a lot of times sometimes parents are like look just go to school right forget about the sporting stuff just go to school did did were they receptive to it and when did you think that you could actually go somewhere with this? Was it something, was it a game? Was it something early on? Was it something somebody said? Um, what, how, how did soccer become something that helped you get to that next level when it became to schooling? Um, well, when I went and I told, I told my dad that I had made the team. And so he was actually happy. Like I never got any pushback. Like he always said that like if he had time or if he knew like who to call, he would have signed me up a long time ago. He just mm. didn't and one at the time and he was just very busy so it was very easy for me to get that from them because I had done all the hard work all they had to do was pay so they were open to that and then as far as where I thought soccer would take me I honestly never expected it to take me that far I just loved playing it and I never actually expected to play it beyond high school Mm. but when I was in high school I also ran track a little bit just honestly to keep in shape for soccer. And then I happened to run track for um, this track club like Phoenix near Birchmount. And I, the- I, I, yes, I, I know exactly what group you're talking about. Are you a sprinter? I was a sprinter. That's I mean, what I'm talking about. My main thing, but 
the coach there, he kind of explained to me like, you know, how clearinghouse works and how that I could get a scholarship. And I didn't even know that that was an option for me. And the club team that I was playing on in, it was actually Unionville, but they were, we were doing showcase tournaments and stuff in like the States, like in Philadelphia. So, I mean, I was kind of getting to play with people who had that ambition, but I, you know, I didn't necessarily know that I had it. And so I just kind of took his advice and I went through clearinghouse and then I started getting a few offers and so I decided to kind of roll with it. Earlier, you talked about, you know, having um, a good environment and you got some good people in your life, Jennifer. Sometimes, you know, early on or later in life, but early on, there are things that happen to us or things that are said maybe directly or indirectly. And it often becomes something that we take with us that helps us in parts of our journeys. You know, for example, um, you know, my grandmother used to say, um, hard work pays off. It just doesn't always pay off in the way that you think it should. And as a young kid, you're like, what are you talking about? But was there something that was said directly or indirectly, maybe from your parents, your sisters, or from those around you that really stuck with you even today? Um, I think I've always had really encouraging parents. And so, I mean, they kind of would always remind us that we could we could do anything. They reminded us that we were smart. They reminded us that we were talented. And um, well, I remember at the beginning of every school year, actually, my dad would always say, like, this is a new school year with no mistakes on it. Like, mm-hmm. we can do whatever we want with this year. And so that's kind of something that I think about just like daily, like every day is like a blank page and you can do whatever you want with that day. So, I mean, that's just kind of something that I take with me, I guess. And I just try to make the best out of every day that I have. Were you drawing at this time? right? Maybe, maybe not much, but a little bit. Did you, when, when, when did you actually start painting and, and um, did you get anything from it? You know, sometimes, sometimes when we start something for the first time, we're like, you know what, this is what I want to do. I, I, I feel something here at the beginning stages. Did, did you feel anything or was it just something that you would just do to maybe pass time? So I've always, I mean, similar to soccer, I've always liked art. Like art was my favorite class in school and elementary school. And, you know, I still keep in touch with some of my elementary teachers and they were actually really good at like introducing us to different things that I don't think kids in other schools were necessarily doing. Like we were making clay pieces and they were actually for us and we were painting and I mean, I think that they were very encouraging about the arts and I was always naturally good at it. So I liked it. I just, I was the type of kid where I like to keep doing things I knew I was already good at, which, you know, is a blessing and a curse, but yes. it's one of those things for me. So I've always liked it. I did not start like really sharing my work or painting for other people until I got to law school. So I ended up in California for law school and it just happened that I was at like um, some like art gallery or something with my friend and she saw this piece that she really liked but she was just like you know I don't know if I can afford to spend whatever it was on that piece and I told her I was like you know I think I can make you something similar but she had never seen me paint or do anything so she didn't really believe me so then it was just kind of like a dare and I was like you know like I really think that I could make you something 
So mm-hmm. I did it and I did it for free in her home because she just renovated her apartment. So she just needed a piece in there. So I did it for her and I gave it to her. And then she's actually the one who told me, like, I think that you could actually do this for real. Mm. I really thought about it, but I was like, you know, maybe I could. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. You just said a lot there. And I want to touch on that in like two seconds, but we got to talk about transition um, because I think it's very, it's, it's, it's a lot of people talk about, you know, um, transition, but they make it seem like it's easier said than done. Um, you went to Southern University in A&M College. What was that transition like? Like your, your parent, you're away from the parents um, in Louisiana, the Sunday, the sun is hot. <laughs> it's, 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 it's different out there. And you're taking, um, you're taking, you're studying for something that requires a lot of, a lot of work and balance. They tell you to get to NCAA and it's student athlete. Um, but it's really athlete student because there's so many things that comes with it. How did you balance all of that transition, Jennifer? And how did you not go crazy? Because this is something that I often don't find people talk about as much as the, is the, is unpacking everything to find your balance as you're rediscovering a whole bunch about yourself during that time. So walk me through your transition during your uh, college years. So, I mean, Baton Rouge was very different from Toronto. Um, And it was, the weather was different. It was hot, the air was heavy. So, I mean, even just like learning how to breathe over there was something. But as far as like, I guess, socially transitioning, when I picked Southern, I had visited before. So obviously my grade 12 year, I went there and I visited. And one of the things that I really liked about it and that my parents really liked about it was that it felt very warm. Like it's an HBCU in the South. Like my coach was a very like warm and godly man. And he was just really sweet. His wife was really sweet. And so I felt that I would be well taken care of there. And I felt like I could trust my coach and I could trust his wife. And so Mm -hmm. that was a big reason that I picked Southern was because it felt like a homey environment. And I still feel that way about the school. Like I, I really love the school. I think HBCUs are really special. And so I think that that environment made it easier for me to kind of feel a little bit at home, even though I was so far from home. As far as like balancing school and athletics, that was hard, but I also didn't typically struggle that much with academics. So Mm -hmm. I could kind of get by with not that much effort. And so it didn't matter that I was putting so much time into soccer because I was like, you know, I know that I can do what I need to do. I mean, I still had to study and everything. Yeah. I think that I was grateful that I had a solid enough foundation, especially the first few years. I felt like they kind of were more so review courses in a way, like when you're just kind of getting all those general education courses out of the way, I think that's a good opportunity to kind of find your balance because I wasn't really being introduced to anything new Mm -hmm. until I would say maybe the end of my sophomore year. And then at that point, you know, you kind of already have the rope. So that's how, that's what I would say about it, I guess. 
why law? What made you what made you push you to criminal justice and so forth? What 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 pushed that upon you? You know, because I'll be watching a lot of these crime shows and I'm like, I don't want to go back to school for it, but I like it. But what what pushed you towards there? Uh, so I actually went to Pope in Scarborough. And so we had two law classes there, like a Canadian law class and an international law class. And I just really enjoyed those classes. Like I enjoyed the different way of thinking and how what kind of seems like the obvious answer when you're not familiar with the law isn't necessarily the obvious answer. And all the loopholes, like I really enjoyed that and trying to find loopholes and things. So it was like a more challenging class for me. And so when I was picking a major, I just went with criminal justice because Southern did not have a pre-law major. So I was like, okay, well, let me do criminal justice and then I can try to use this to get into law school later. And then by the time I was in my senior year, I wasn't sure if I still wanted to go to law school because it just seemed like so much just kind of getting ready for the LSAT and, you know, that application process. But I ended up still applying and I mean, it worked out. So you, you, you passed the bar in California in 2017, correct? Um, yeah, well, I took the bar in 2016, but I didn't swear in until 2017. Obviously, it's a big commitment and there's so much attached to it. But Jennifer, I want to ask you, maybe you've thought about it before. What did that whole process teach you about yourself? What did you find out about you during, during that whole process? During studying for the bar, um, I think it kind of made me feel like I could really accomplish anything that I wanted to, because that was a very draining process. And I would say that out of anything that I've ever done academically, that was the hardest. And there's just so much weighing on one exam and it's a very expensive exam. And it's one that takes a few months to study for. And then it takes a few months to get your results back. And so the whole process is just kind of filled with anxiety. So, I mean, it's a lot. My computer also crashed during the bar exam. <laughs> it had never crashed all through law school and it crashed during the bar. So that was just another thing added, just another obstacle. So yeah, to find out that somehow I still pass on the first try was, you know, I was like, wow, if I could do this, I could do anything. Well, on the first try that not a lot of people can get to say that, you know, you talked about um, your computer crashing. Um, you, you said another thing added to your plate. Well, law d- during that time, you said that's when you kind of figured art, you could do this. What made you want to take it more seriously, apart from what um, your friend said? Because, again, this is another thing added to your plate that you have to spend time with to cultivate it, to figure out your style, to figure all these things out. When you pick up a paintbrush, Jennifer, what what does art mean to you? What feeling do you get from it? Art for me has always been way more relaxing. So... I mean, I guess the business side of art can feel like something else added to your plate, but actually doing it, especially at the beginning, was just kind of relaxing. It's escape, you're using a different part of your brain. I mean, to me, it was like I'm winding down, so I would come back from law school, and then I would just kind of paint 
in my apartment and I enjoy that like I'm kind of a homebody anyway so I like to be at home so like just being at home watching I'll put on a Netflix movie I'll get my canvas and I'll paint and it doesn't feel like I'm working doesn't feel like anything stressful is going on it's just a very calming experience for me you're looking at a blank canvas, right? Do you already pre-notion going into, okay, I'm going to be drawing this. And then as you're drawing this, does something else come into play, right? Like what is the process like of seeing the beginning stages to seeing the final process of it? Um, because I saw um, I saw a painting that you did with, uh, with Biggie Smalls. And I was just like, man, I wonder how long this took her to do this because there's, you know, sometimes you may, people may see a picture, but they may not know how many shades of blue that is used inside this one thing, right? What, what gives you the most fulfillment as you are going through the process of painting something? Is it, is it, is it the process of it? Or do you like to see the full painting in its entirety or does something about the process? That's what you enjoy the most. I definitely enjoy the process. I would say something about seeing like the finished product and knowing that I made that is what brings me, you know, the most fulfillment. Cause there've been times where I've started a painting or I'll start my sketch and this happened recently and I'm looking at it and I feel like, I don't know if this sketch was done well enough to get me to where I need to be. Cause I do like to plan out my paintings by sketching it first. And so sometimes I'll doubt during the process whether this is turning out right. And so when I have those moments and then in the end, it still like comes out better than I expected, then, you know, that's just very rewarding for me. Cause I was like, look at me doubting myself. And here we are. How do you fight doubt, Jennifer? How, how, how does someone go through those stages? go through those moments of like, I don't want to put my stuff out here. Like, what if, you know, what if, because art is very subjective, right? Some Sometimes they like it, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's like, you know, what's going on? But how do you fight those doubts? And and because I think that's what stops a lot of people in, in a lot of different ways in their life. There's a lot of people who have gifts and talents, but the doubt of putting yourself out there to be critiqued and to be ridiculed and to be laughed at stops a lot of people how do you combat that? So when I first started sharing, I just kind of created an Instagram page and that's how I started. <laughs> Sorry. And so for me, it was not that hard because initially the first few people that I had following me on my art page were, you know, already people that were my friends and family. So they weren't people that I thought were going to be judgmental or anything but encouraging. And so it was easy at the very beginning. And then kind of as time went by, I started getting like a few more people. But sharing online hasn't been that difficult for me. Like I have had moments where, you know, you will like receive critiques and not everybody's going to love what you make. But I mean, as far as, you know, sharing online and now I have a website. And so that's not difficult for me and I think you kind of just ease yourself into it because I started doing like group art shows and I like group art shows because I'm not like I still haven't done a solo show so I do have doubts there and I think that I feel a little bit of reluctance to go on my own and put out this show 
but I started with the group shows, which is good because I'm not responsible for getting people there necessarily. Like, I mm. but it's like the curators who are doing that, like legwork with the business side and making sure people show up. And that to me is like the most stressful thing is like, how do you get enough people to care to show up to one place at a specific time for you? So yeah. What I want to do in the future, but I'm not there yet. So I would say I still have doubts when it comes to that. But yeah, I mean, as far as just sharing, you just kind of have to do it. And you know that some people will like it, some people will hate it. But for me, most people I've experienced are nice people. I don't think I've ever really come across. You know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny you're talking about doing a solo show. Um, you know, I, I did my first event before the pandemic happened. Well, it's still happening, but before the height of it, and I had that same thing. I was just like, "Oh man, ain't nobody gonna come here. What are they, why are they gonna come in and 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 be here for this?" But when it did happen, and the numbers came, and I saw it, I was just like, "Okay, you know, it's never really as bad as we think it is. And even if it is, you know, um, it's it's at a low moment. It's kind of like laying on the floor, right? When you're laying on the floor." that's like the lowest part that you can get to, but you can't fall off the floor. <laughs> like you really can't fall off the floor. And so that's kind of how I processed it. Um, you, you have been, as, as I've seen, you know, I've seen you take pictures with Steph Curry. I've seen the one that you, the picture that you did with him for him. I saw the, the Giannis photo. I saw the sign one, man, when someone, when, when you see your art next to, you know, those people and you get to see it shared and people sharing it all over, what, what is that feeling that comes with that, right? Um, I mean, it definitely feels very rewarding. Um, you know, having someone who is great at what they do, look at what you do and also think that it's great is so uh, it feels special. I won't say that necessarily anyone's opinion matters more than someone else's, but it is nice to have someone who understands what it's like to put a lot of time and effort and energy into something, appreciate the time and effort and energy you're putting into what you love. So it's been rewarding in that sense. I mean, I saw the pieces that you did is, is, it's hard for them not to like it. It's if it's great. It's it's really great. It's a great testament of the gift that God gave you, Jennifer. For the young, for the young person coming up, and maybe they're in that stage now, right? They wanna they wanna share their work, but maybe they don't want to. Maybe they think they should get to this specific place, but maybe they're not there yet. What is some words of encouragement that you would share with the young creator who is trying? to get their message out there, to get their stuff out there? What, what, what's something that you would say to them? Honestly, I've had people kind of ask me this and I just tell them, you know, just share it because nobody's going to see it if you don't share it. I always feel like what's the point of having a gift that you're not really using or a gift that you're hiding so, I mean, it doesn't matter whether everyone's a fan, you know, it, you don't need everyone to be a fan. Like, it's yours, even if you're the only person who really enjoys it. It's still your work. It's still your gift. So just put it out there. Last question, Jennifer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you that you said, and I want you to break it down for me. 
um, because I, I, I love the way that you said it in my mind, the way it works. When I see something, I see so many different tiers to it, but I want you to break it down as I read it to you. You said in one of your Instagram posts, I would consider myself more of a portrait artist than an abstract artist, but I also hate placing limits on myself. Break that down for me, right? Because I feel like a lot of people put limits on themselves before they even try. But when you were writing that, what what were you going through? What 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 made you say it like that? Because limits is a thing that we put on ourselves. Right. Um, so for that specific post, I was more so referring to sometimes as an artist, you kind of have a pressure to develop a style that's like really unique and just like when people see it they know that it's you and I think that it can be limiting as an artist because it's like I just want to create what I feel like creating and I believe that like what ties all my work together is the fact that I made it so I don't necessarily have to make everything look the exact same and so I like to try to challenge myself and I you know when I go out when I look at art I like to, I like different pieces. I would like to own different pieces. So I'm like, if I can enjoy all of this, why can't I also be part of creating that? Mm. I think it's like similar to just in life because I am an attorney. I am an artist. I did play soccer. And I think it's kind of a mentality that I've always had because my mom always tells me that when I was little, I told her I was going to be like a part-time teacher, a part-time soccer player, a part-time artist, a part-time this. Do everything. <laughs> yeah, she would tell me like, you can't, you can't do everything, you know? But now she kind of laughs and she's like, you know, in a way you kind of did. Like you did go play soccer. You are a lawyer. You are an artist. Like you have done all the things you said you wanted to do. So I think that that's just kind of how I've always been. Like, I just want to do what I want. So I don't really care if it's not fitting in this box. Yeah. One last question, Jennifer, I just came to mind and I'm going to put you on the spot right here. If there was one word to describe you, what would that one word be? And give me a little context behind why. I know, I know, I know you weren't ready for it. I know, I know I had to drop it. (laughs) One word, I would say multi-dimensional and that's just kind of what we just talked about like I picked that because it's a cop-out it means that I don't have to pick one word it means that I'm many things I wear many hats just not at the same time and I'm always open to new things so you know I just want to live life with no limits I'm looking forward to see when you put on this this solo show because you got you got you got you got some stuff that you can fill up a room and alone that is going to bring people in. So I know uh, I know it'll take time to believe that, but trust me, you are absolutely absolutely there in my own opinion, and I'm sure that there's many others that think that as well too. So whenever you're ready to put it out there, you know <laughs> we're, we're gonna make it happen. But Jennifer, I know you have a lot of things going on. Where is the best way that people can check out your art? Best way that people can keep in contact with you? And I know you're doing some uh, some uh, some auction stuff as well too. How would they go about buying one of your pieces? Um, so you can check out a lot of my pieces on my website, which is jennifervolsey.com. Um, I also have an Instagram, Jennifer Volsey. So I try to keep it very easy. So that's what I yes. <laughs> same the same tag on it jennifer volsey and as far as the auction things i mean i typically will post a link 
on my Instagram and on the website whenever things go up for auction because they are auctioned through third-party sports memorabilia. So I don't control those sites. So whenever those go up, I just kind of post the link and then people can go there and get it. And trust me, you are going to want to get your hands on one of these pieces. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, you really took balance to a whole new level with law and, and, and being an artist as well, too. So I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And we'll definitely be in touch soon. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a good day.